Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. In Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20, let's go ahead and read it. Uh, they came to the other side to the sea, of the sea, uh, to the country of Gadasinas, and when Je- Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately uh, there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with chain, with a chain, for he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart and he broke the shackles in pieces. No, no one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he, always, he was always crying out and cutting him, uh, himself with stones. stones. And, and when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do? With me, Jesus, Son of the the Most High God, I adjure you uh, by God, do not torment me. Uh, For he was saying to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? He replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send uh, send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they uh, begged him, saying, send us uh, to the pigs. Let us enter them. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs, and the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country. And people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to see Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion sitting there clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had, had, sent, had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs, and they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region, and he was getting into the boat. The man who had, uh, had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him, and he did not permit him. Uh, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away to begin to proclaim in Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him and everyone marveled. Let's pray. Father God, we do come before you. We just ask, Lord, as we come to chapter 5, we see these hopeless situations uh, that only can be solved by you. Um, and we see man's attempt, man's attempt to solve a problem, and, and uh, Lord knows I've been there uh, many a times where I, before Christ where I thought that if I just try this or I just try that, that it'll fix it, and it doesn't. We need to reach out and cry out to you. 
And so I pray, Lord, as we, uh, we look at Afghanistan, we look at it, maybe we look at it as a hopeless situation, but I pray that this is a way that we'll see your hand move, Lord. Uh, we'll see you uh, create openings. We'll see you protect your Christians um, and protect the women and children in that country. Uh, we ask, Father God, that you just continue to uh, protect our military, be with them as they are there serving, uh, as I saw many Marines holding children yesterday. Uh, trying to calm them. Uh, we pray for our nation. Uh, we pray for our leadership. We pray for uh, for right decisions made with a, a godly heart. Um, many people in, in, in Congress and Senate claim to be a believer in God. Let's, let's, let's see them actually start doing and making decisions based on your word, Lord. And, and we pray anything that's been done in dark, we're not just asking for it to be brought in the light. We're asking for your justice, Lord. Because we're, we're tired of seeing these things happen over and over and over again. And, and at the end of the day, Lord, we, we do pray as we look at these little things that come up for this night of worship, we know that, that you'll take care of them, uh, that we need to just keep praying and keep seeking you and seeking your direction. I pray for the city. Uh, we pray for our, our students that are, are back in school, pray for our teachers, and uh, we thank you, Lord, that we just have this opportunity to come before you and hear your word. We just ask for application, and, uh, and we just thank you. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I entitled this, I, I pulled it straight from Jesus again because I love when you can get the title from the word. It's go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. So we'll look at it in three parts. Possessed by an unclean spirit in verses 1 through 5. Permission, to be, uh, permission given to be cast out in verses 6 through 13. And in verses 14 through 20, proclaim how much the Lord has done. Proclaim how much the Lord has done. So last week we left off and Jesus, as he said, peace be still, they were in the storm. And Jesus said he had to get to the other side of the lake. This is the reason he had to get to the other side of the lake is for this man. Now, when we look at things like this, a lot of times people, when we talk about demon possession or we talk about being uh, demonically influenced, if you're a believer, it's not going to happen to you. Now, you can be, you can be oppressed, uh, you can be harassed, you can be depressed by a demon, he can do all those things, but he cannot enter you because you belong to Christ. You have the Holy Spirit in you. Okay? Uh, how do these things happen? Well, demon possession happens by you opening a door of sin. And then another door opens of sin. And then another door opens of sin. And then you start allowing things in your life that shouldn't be in your life. And, and that can happen. Now, can demon possession happen? Yes. Is it real? Yes. Okay, I have been at a house before where, where out of the five kids, and I'm talking from teenage down to, to six or seven years old, all heard and saw a dark figure tell the other kid to kill his parents. Now, man, I'm telling you, like my hair just went, and it was like we had to pray over them. We asked, does any of them need prayer? The, you know who jumped up? The teenagers did. They were scared. 
But it had turned out that the, the older kid was involved in some stuff that he shouldn't have been involved in. He opened doors he shouldn't have opened. You know, this is why we have to be careful. But all four of these situations that we're going to look at, or these situations we'll look at in chapter 5, are all going to deal with situations that are hopeless in our eyes, but not in Jesus. When, we, when, when Jesus comes to, to deal with the situation, they're not. Very simply, it tells us in Scripture, because I think one of the easiest ways for, for uh, demonic mess can happen, and, and, and it's in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 10. Uh, it says, There shall not be among you anyone who burns his sons or his daughters as an offering. And you go, well, nobody does that today. Well, maybe not in this country. Okay? Anyone who practiced divination, that means worshiping false gods. We just left uh, McDonald's this morning and somebody had posted up a sticker about Satan's kingdom. You know, that stuff is going on. People are worshiping Satan now. Uh, our, our tells fortunes are tarot cards, right? You go, well, these things aren't, they're out there. People are doing them. They're having parties and doing this stuff. You know, let's have a tarot card reading party. It's, you're opening doors, right? Or interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or a charmer, or a medium, or a necromancer, one who inquires of the dead. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord. And then in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11 and 12, it says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but, we, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. So as we get into this verse in verse 1, we see that, there, that the, the man is possessed by an unclean spirit. And it says they came to the other uh, side of the sea, to the country of Gerasinas, and, and the first thing that you're going to get is, is if you ever talk to somebody who is not a Christian, maybe an agnostic or an atheist, Matthew chapter 8 has a different, a different uh, it says to the country of Gadainas, and it's spelled differently in Matthew chapter 8, verse 28. Now, the town, the town and the village, there wasn't much known of it. And the names of it was, uh, you know, actually that Luke and, and Mark use is actually the name of the country. And, and then what Matthew uses is, is something more specific. So an easy way to get this is think about Dallas-Fort Worth, right? Dallas-Fort Worth. If I'm in Plano, what do people say? You're in North Dallas, right? They may say, well, you're in North Dallas. Or if you're in Arlington, they'll say what? Dallas-Fort Worth. It's all the same area. The story still matches up. The other part of this thing is, is that Matthew actually has two men. Mark and Luke only focus on one man. And we see this in, in verse 2. It says, And when Jesus has stepped out of the boat, immediately there uh, met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. So Matthew says there are two men. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 28, it says, Two men, possessed, uh, men met him coming out of the tomb so fierce that... Uh, one could pass that way so specifically one of the things that we need to do is, is like understand uh, this is something that we go over when we do school of ministry 
It's like when you read the scripture, if I put two apples on the table and I have one statement that says there are two apples on the table and the other statement says there's only one apple on the table, that's a contradiction, right? Because there are what? There are two apples on the table. But if I say there is an apple on the table, because that's basically what Mark and Luke are saying, there's a man. He's not saying there's only, there's only one man. He's saying there is a man with an unclean spirit with the, the, that is demon-possessed. So there's no contradiction. And so that's, it's very important when we look at this because these are the arguments that an atheist will... will these are the chapters. These are the verses. They'll, they'll go after these every time. But all three accounts... All describe the demon possession and all describe the, the authority that Jesus had over evil and over the spirit world. Right? So that's, that's the thing that we need to understand. There are all three accounts described and there's no contradiction in the account. So we see in verse 3 it says, He lived among the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with, uh, not even with a chain. And so he lived among the dead, yet he was dead to sin. Right? And it's a life that we see that pictures a separation of God and, and they're spiritually dead. They have no fellowship with Christ. And, and um, they're, they're literally living among the dead in a spiritual sense. So for us, one of the things that we know is that when somebody's in sin, they're, they're really at enemy with God. They're at war with God. So if somebody's not living in Christ, they're at war with God. They haven't given their life over to the Lord. They haven't given their heart and asked Christ into their heart and repented of their sins. They're, they're living for sin. They're living for, uh, for the devil. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, it says, Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, it says, You were dead in, your, uh, in the trespasses and sin." in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of power of the air, the spirit that has, uh, is now at work in the sons of disobedience. So a sinner is not sick, a sinner is dead. And, and he doesn't need to be resuscitated, he needs to be resurrected. That's one thing that we need to remember. In John, John chapter 3, verse 16, we love giving that verse, but if we read a couple verses down in, in verse 19... It says in this judgment that the light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the lights and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may clearly seen, be seen that his works have been carried out in God. In verse 4 it says, For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart, he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. In Luke chapter 8 it says that he was actually under a guard, like he was being watched, and yet they couldn't subdue him. And let me tell you, when someone is, is demonically... Uh, possess, they can be uncontrollable. We've seen this in Scripture before. If we go to Acts chapter 19, when the uh, entrant uh, Jewish exorcists, and these were people that actually were paid to go do exorcists. And it's funny, that, that story is a trip because 
the 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 uh, the the person that's demon possessed just comes out in verse fifteen in Acts chapter nine verse fifteen says, but the evil spirit answered them and said, Jesus, I know Paul, I recognize, but who are you? They were doing this to get paid, but look what happens in verse sixteen. And the man whom was uh, the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them. Right? Sin, and we know this, anybody who's, uh, we're all sinners, but when we came to know Christ, sin can be uncontrollable. Can't be bound by chains. You, you can, you know, I've heard stories of you turn for Christ for people See, the fun part about U-Turn for Christ in Texas, they put them out in the middle of nowhere. It's like 60 miles to the nearest town. They've had people leave to try to go get their fix and get lost in the desert. You, you can remove all the vices, the pornography, the addictions, the meth, all the stuff, and yet they'll still break away to try to get their fix. doesn't matter what controlled environment you try to keep them in. It's only Christ that can save them. See, in human, human thinking, we think that we can do it, right? That it's our responsibility. It's not. We need to be praying that Christ steps in. I mean, we can open a door. If God puts that on your heart to open your door for your, for your son, your daughter, your, your brother, your whoever, that's life is being destroyed by sin, and, they, and you go, you know what? The Holy Spirit's kind of letting us know we need to open our doors. But guess what? If they continue to keep doing the same thing over and over, it's uncontrollable. I can tell you I had a brother that went through this. Uncontrollable. Functioning alcoholic. My father, functioning alcoholic. Very successful men. Graduated uh, college. I mean, ran a, uh, uh, was a franchisee for an Outback. Couldn't, couldn't control his alcohol. Eventually, he ended up in jail where he came to know Christ. And in that, in that time of suffering is when he came to cry out for the Lord. And he's, he don't drink no more. But let me tell you, my mom, my dad, because my dad had stopped drinking 20-something years ago, probably 25, 26 years ago. And my dad, my mom tried everything. My, me and my, my brothers, we tried, we would... Nothing would work. Wasn't a problem. It's uncontrollable. There, I mean, it's a dangerous place to be. But let me tell you something. That's, that's the place the enemy wants you. That's the place where demonic influence and demonic possession can, can happen the most. It's because you're just giving yourself over to even more and more sin. You've got to have that fix. And, and verse 5, it says, Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. The other thing we see here is that there is no rest for a sinner. There's no rest. When you're in an addiction, you're in, in a desperate situation, you're crying out night and day. You wake up and your life is in the same despair you were in the day before. It's worse because you're trying to get that fixed. And, and, and it doesn't have to be alcohol or drugs or, 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 or even sexual addictions or any of that. You can be possessed to the point where all your power, everything you want is money. 
and your focus is just that, then you'll do whatever you have to do, even sin, and even have bad, I mean, you could just do whatever because your, your focus is, I gotta, I gotta, I need more. I need more. It's like Rockefeller, I think what Joe would always quote, is like, how much, how much money is enough? Just one dollar more. And look at that foundation and what it's become. It's demonically possessed. Rockefeller Foundation, it's a joke. That money was used for evil. And you see that he, he has, he's cutting himself as well. And unfortunately, sin disfigures. Think about somebody that you know um, or somebody you've, you, you've seen that struggles with addiction. I don't know if any of y'all seen it online where you see the, the person where they, were, they have a picture of them before meth and the picture after meth. I mean, you see a healthy person, and then they drop probably 100 pounds, and they're barely alive. Uh, any of us going way back, I remember, you know, because it was big news. I was a kid uh, when Karen Carpenter died because she was bulimic. She, she's, you know, did the, I'm sorry, I'm doing that. But she, she would throw up because she, she didn't want to be fat. She, she was never happy with her body. And she looked healthy at one point, but then it got really bad. And, and so sin can disfigure. It, it, it does. And so the thing here is a, the pretense is actually saying that he's continually cutting himself. Continually. It's sad because uh, the other part of this is that, you know, that he was nude. He was running around naked at the same time as all this is happening. And, and we see this again, uh, sin will try to, uh, when you have demonic uh, possession, the, it's always trying to hurt you. Because it's in Mark chapter 9, I think in verse 20, when the young boy, uh, the father comes and asks Jesus to cast him out because he, he's foaming at the mouth and they've been trying everything. And in and, and, and verse 20 it says, and then the boy uh, they they uh, brought the boy to him, and when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed, and the boy uh, convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground. And he rolled around, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, "How long has this been happening to him?" And he said, "From childhood, from childhood, and it it has often cast him into the fire, right, and into the water, and to, uh, to destroy him." But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And so we see that it not only disfigures it, the demonic uh, possession tries to hurt you physically. In verse 16, in verse 6, it says, permission given to be cast out. Uh, as we look at our next point, uh, we see in verse 6, it says, And when Jesus saw from afar, he ran and fell down before him. And so the person or the demonic possession uh the the legion actually recognizes the judge and creator right and and something that that is sad here is that the demonic demons actually recognize jesus but yet the jewish leaders don't right 
they they don't and in james chapter 2 verses uh chapter 2 verse 19 it says you believe that god is one you do well even the demons believe and shudder so one of the things that we see is that uh, people are shocked when you tell people that demons have faith they have faith an atheist and agnostic don't even believe but do you realize that not only does the demons have faith they also believe in the deity of christ and yet we have some religions that don't that have been just duping people for for a long time about who jesus is that he's the brother of satan or he's i mean all this stuff it's it's a joke but even the demons believed in the deity of, of jesus christ and so we see in verse 7 it says and crying out with a loud voice he said what have you to do with me jesus son of the most high god i jury you by god do not torment me and jesus christ is is not avoiding this man uh, jesus christ had made a special trip to come across the the lake just for this man and he wanted to deliver this man from the grips of satan and this is one thing that we have to remember is that even though we see somebody in this state there's still a soul that wants to be saved that jesus wants to save think about just the homeless situation in 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 uh you can think california and in san antonio there are so many people that are that are being demonically influenced by 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 drugs uh they may not be of their right mind so to say but inside there is a soul that jesus wants to save and 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 think about it the government's done everything they have you have haven for hope here in san antonio one of the governments uh hopefully gonna push it out into the united states at some point but they'll provide you a place to live They'll provide you a job. They'll get you Social Security and all the stuff that you need taken care of, all the stuff you need. But you have to do what? You got to get off your drugs. And guess what happens? People won't do that. They won't do that. They would rather you just keep giving them free stuff, like handouts for money and stuff. When you're handing out money, to the, not unless the Holy Spirit tells you, don't do it. Because basically what you're doing is you're just handing them money to go buy their drug. I'll buy somebody a water or something like that, but then I'm, I'm gonna, if, if I'm buying you a water, you're going to hear the gospel. That's, that's how that's going to work. But see, what happens is, is, is Jesus is the only one who can fix these situations. And we've tried to do that ourselves, too. Just look at the state of California and just that, that homeless population. That's, it's a mess. The government's tried to fix it. They can't. It's going, to require, it's going to require the church and Christ and prayer and people going down there and having church down there, right, and sharing the gospel. And guess what? Some people still will go back to the same thing. Remember, it's the different soil. You can't, you just share. You do what God's calling you to do. So Jesus made this special trip for this one man. It says, for he was saying in verse 8, to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. So we find out that, the, that Jesus asked the name, and I'm sure you're probably thinking to yourself, why did Jesus ask the name? 
He didn't need to, right? Because He's all-knowing. But Jesus is asking the name for you, for me. He's asking the name so that way Mark and, and Luke and Paul, or Mark, Luke, and, uh, and, and Matthew can actually write this stuff down. He's, he's asking the name for the people that are there with him. And he says the, the, the name Legion is 6,000. And, and so it means uh, up to 6,000 demons. It's a Roman term, Legion. And, and, and what's funny is the Jews had practiced exorcism. They actually had people that would do it. And they would have considered this situation hopeless. They would have just said, there's no hope for the guy. He can't be bound. He can't be. There's nothing we can do to help this guy. But Jesus is saying, nope, I'm here. And I, and I would imagine that sometimes that we feel like we have a legion sometimes. A problem that just seems overwhelming. Who are we supposed to go to with it? Jesus. He's the one who solves those legion problems. Those problems that you think are hopeless, he'll solve them. That's, that's something for us to remember. Mike McIntosh, Pastor Mike McIntosh, is a great story of... of uh, you know his testimony um calvary chapel guy uh if you read any of the calvary chapel guys you read their stories it's amazing but mike was part of timothy uh leary's uh higher consciousness cult right lsd and acid he was dropping all kinds of stuff whatever he could take he took and one night somebody shot a gun near mike's face and mike for whatever reason thought his face was shot off Whenever he looked into a mirror. And to the point where it drove him so crazy, he ended up in an asylum. And Mike is uh, contemplating all these different false things that he had been taught. And crying out to them. And these false gods and these cults and all this stuff. And eventually he gets to a point where he just cries out for Jesus. And Mike's saved. He gets baptized. He's healed. He ends up, I mean, the work that Mike has done, you think about David Rosales. David Rosales walked into a, a hippie that walked into the church high, spoke, to, spoke something on the way in. He said he was, and he planned on arguing with people. And God got a hold of him in, in service, and he gave his life to Christ. Raul Reese. Raul Reese was going to kill his whole family, had the gun loaded waiting for everybody to come home, and then he was going to kill himself. Chuck comes on the TV. <laughs> Pastor Chuck. He had the gun pointed at the TV, but he couldn't figure out why this guy was so happy. And Raw ended up coming to know Christ. And, and so story after story you hear like this, and it's what Jesus can do. And, but it, it's, it's a reminder to us about what demonic influence or demonic possession can do. But we have to be very careful with it. Now, who, who would be somebody that, that would be demonically possessed? Well, let's think about it. Satan's only one person, can only be in one place at one time, right? So who's he going to pick? Billionaires? Political leaders? Presidents? I'm not saying ours, I'm just saying presidents of countries, okay? So I don't want to get people fired up. But I'm saying it's got to be people that have power. 
that that can be demonic that can demonically influence things that can push the agenda that that satan has i think tech technology leaders jack dorsey I, every time i look at that guy i was like that guy is demonically influenced you're gonna let the taliban on the twitter and they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff right now it just it's crazy but we need to understand that 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 stuff is real that stuff is real and 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 so you know for us what we but we also know that even though somebody can be demonically possessed and be in an asylum like mike mcintosh and look at how god used him okay that's just something for us to remember there's a soul in there that jesus wants to reach and so we may look at it and go oh there's no way there's no hope i'm sure people did that with me for 39 years they were like, I'm just waiting for this dude to end up in jail. At some point, he'll be in jail for the rest of his life. It's just coming. But, you know, it's, it's what Jesus can do. Jesus comes in and changes everything. Verse 10 says, And he begged him earnestly not to send him out, out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on a hillside. And it's funny that he says not out of the country. Why? They had a hold of that country. They had a hold of that country, demonically. And they didn't want to give up any territory. Satan doesn't want to give up any territory. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs. Let us enter them. <laughs> Unclean spirit fixing to go into what? Unclean pigs. Right? Jesus is going to be like, Okay. Because they have to, it says, so he gave permission. And the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs, and the herd numbering about 2,000 rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned uh, in the sea. So they have to have permission. Uh, Satan has to get permission. That's why we look in Luke chapter 22, verses 31. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. And so they, the Lord allowed them to, to enter into what? Unclean pigs, right? And then and finally, we have our, our last port, uh, part of the Scripture here in, in verses 14 to 20. We proclaim how much the Lord has done. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country, and the people came to see what it was that had happened. There was no Twitter, no Instagram, no TikTok, so they had to go and actually talk to everybody and tell them, right? This is, how, this is how things worked back then, you know. You would you tell two people and they would tell two people and they would and that's how it worked. And they came to Jesus and saw the, the demon possessed man and the one who had had the legion sitting there. Now very important, he's clothed. So they found clothes for him, he got clothed, and in his right mind. And this is very important. And they were afraid. He's in his right mind and they're afraid. Right? And in verse 16 it says, And those who had, had seen it described it to them and what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs, and they began to beg Jesus to depart from the region. They're begging Jesus to go. Get out of here. We, we don't want you here. We're more accustomed to the evil. We would rather have that around because we kind of know what that is. We don't know this new thing. 
right? And that's how some people are. They'll stay in their sin because it's comfortable to them. They don't want that change. See, God, God shows up, and, and what do they choose? They choose the carnal things of the world. And Jesus comes in, and, and, and it's apparent that they have no relationship with God. You know, because they're, they're, one of the first indicators is you have they're herding what? Pigs. Something a Jew would never do, right? But they're more afraid of what Jesus does than Satan. This guy couldn't be bound by chains. Couldn't be held by a guard and, and is screaming and cutting himself night and day, and they're going, Jesus, you gotta go. And and temporary change is cool for a lot of people. But permanent change they don't like. And and I'm gonna tell you what, a lot of people will they think I'm giving up all this stuff. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to get to go party. I'm not going to get to go drink. I'm not going to get to go. I, I'm going to tell you what. I've had more fun these last, since 2009, working and doing the work of the Lord. It's, been, it's a crazy ride. I can't even believe I get to be a part of it. My life had no meaning. It was all about me. It was a very narcissistic life. And, and sadly, that's how a lot of us are, is that we think that we, we're going to give up so much by coming to know Christ, and we, we don't. We end up gaining so much. You're not losing anything. You're going to gain eternity. You're, you're going to gain. It's like you, God, God will use you, and, and, and you get to see things where you go, man, the only way that happened is by God. We just saw something. I was talking to... Um, my wife was talking to somebody in HEB yesterday, and, and they said that um, the daughter, they hadn't, hadn't seen each other, and uh, so the, the father, who's getting his life in order and, and is, is coming to know Christ, and, and the father has had no contact with the daughter because the mom really didn't want it when they were younger. I mean, they got, had the child when they were 17, 18. Child is 30-something years old now, and they're at Garner State Park. And he's on his way leaving Garner State Park. And he decides, I want to go find out how much the, the, uh, to rent the, the tent areas. I want to get a brochure and get all that. And as he's doing that, he hears, Dad, Dad. And he's he, not thinking anything. He just keeps walking. And then, and then she yells it, and he recognizes and out of all the places, and she said, I've been looking for you. I've been trying to find you. I, I found that y'all, you showed up on the, and it's just the daughter, and she wants her dad to meet her, the grand, granddaughter. And you think, that can only happen because of God. Because how, what are the, the, what are the, I mean, the two people that hadn't seen each other in years are at the same place at the same time, and they, at the, and they run into each other. That's God. That's God that's creating a divine appointment to try to heal that relationship. Because now the dad is a believer. And how much can he sow into those kids and to his granddaughter? 
It's, it's the Lord. But see, a lot of people will, they, you know, before Jesus came, they, what did they tell them? There's no place, there's no room for you in the end, right? And people will push, push God away, and that's, that's okay. Remember we talked about the different types of soil. You're going to have those that in Mark chapter 4, verses 14 and 15, the sower sows the word, and the, these are the ones along the path where the, where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. We have this, this, this crazy country and town where they're saying, leave Jesus, we don't want you here. And just think about the woman at the well. The, the polar opposites. She goes and tells everybody, and everybody comes, and the whole city is being saved. And these are the polar opposites. And that's the different soil. That's the different soil. You can go to different parts of San Antonio, different parts of Divine, different parts of Lytle or Natalia or Hondo or Casterville, where you'll have people who are really ready to talk about God, and you'll have some that don't want to have no conversation with this, just, just different soil. In verse 18, it says, He was getting into the boat, and the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. So Jesus is going to leave here. And, and one of the things that is hard, because you can imagine this guy wants to go. I want to be with you. But why, why does Jesus leave him behind? Jesus leaves him behind because they don't want Jesus. But they're okay for that guy to stay. So what is he now? He's going to be a witness for Jesus. Very important. Right? Very important. In verse 19 it says, And he did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and, and how he has had mercy on you. So we're supposed to be a witness for Jesus. We're supposed to go out and tell everybody about Christ. We're supposed to let our light shine. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, You are the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do, you put a, uh, do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. You are to, to, to be that light for Christ. In verse 20, and finally here is the last verse, it says, And he went away and began to proclaim in the capitalists how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone marveled. And we see Decapolis actually means ten cities. And he's going and he's going to preach what? Jesus. And, and they're going to be like, hey, wait a minute. Aren't you that dude that used to scream and howl at the night and you ran around naked? They couldn't chain you. They couldn't bind you. They couldn't. They had guards on you. What happened? Right? What happened to you? And he's going to say Jesus did. Jesus saved me. Jesus saved me. We're all supposed to be witnesses for Christ. We're all walking, talking billboards for the Lord. Everyone, uh, every one of us. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so for us... If you have the power of the Holy Spirit, you've given your life to Christ, then you are to go out and witness uh, in Natalia and Divine and Hondo and you know Medina County out in Texas. That's what you're supposed to be doing. And we can be so eager to get upset about vaccines and masks and politics, 
and Afghanistan, but are we eager to share Christ? Now, we tried to do that. We had a young lady who uh, was serving us at a restaurant, and, and she goes, it was so nice just to have a conversation. And I was like, well, that's cool. And she goes, like, you don't understand. And she explained that her, she had just lost her brother. He had died. Um, and, um, and so we, we were talking to her, and we were talking about, you know, do you know the Lord? And, we, and then we tried. I shared the gospel, but it, I know Jesus. And then she started going into this. Teresa, I was like, I was like, let's. She started talking about talking to spirits and all this other stuff, and I was like, I was like, no. I said, I don't know who you're talking to. You know, it's like you, you need to know Jesus. That's where your relationship needs to be, is in Christ. And give give your life over to Him. And, but it had been passed down from mom to daughter and now being passed down to the kids. And it's just false teaching after false teaching after false teaching. But we tried. We were like, okay, well, hard ground. <laughs> we gave it a shot. But it's like we took the opportunity. If the, the door opens, go for it. You know, we walked out of there, and I, I told Teresa, I said, I, we tried. I mean, I, I shared exactly who Jesus was. And, and, and why we share the gospel. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's sometimes it's going to work and sometimes it's not. But we're so quick to complain about stuff, but we need to also be ready to share the gospel. Okay? Uh, and and if, they, if they tell you, you know what, I don't believe in Jesus, get out of my face, it's all just a joke, you can tell them, thank you, you just confirmed scripture for me. Second Peter chapter 3, 3, knowing uh, this, first of all, that the scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing for their own, uh, for the, following their own simple desires. So you will have scoffers. And they're just confirming scripture. Okay? <laughs> so if they, if they do it, just go, thanks for confirming scripture for me. God bless you. You know? And so for us, one of the things I love is just real simple. He went away and began to proclaim how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone marveled. We need to remember that, right? We need to remember that. Application, real quick. Uh, first thing, divination, in, in any form, is a sin. So uh, we need to be very careful about what we're worshiping and what we're allowing in our lives. Okay? Uh, you know, for kids, when we were growing up, it was Ouija boards. Now you can get your tarot card reading done on an app. That stuff you need to stay away from because all you're doing is opening up a door. You're opening a door that you're, you're going to have a really tough time closing. There's a really goofy movie called Divination on Pure Flix. It's not, it's, not, it's not Hollywood quality, so to say. Okay? But you need to watch it because it, it will wake you up to understanding what it means to open a door of sin. And the, and the impact that it has. And so it's a good movie. It's Like I said, don't expect no Hollywood. Like, who did the, the special effects in this thing? It's not that. <laughs> so it's real cheesy in that part of it. But the storyline is very good. So we need to remember, you know, we need to stay away from fortune telling and astrology and witchcraft and tarot cards. Uh, you need to be careful watching things on TV that, that deal with witches. And spell casting. 
right? There's a bunch of stuff on Netflix where they actually have the Satan, the, the statue of the goat, uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Wasn't like that when it, when it was on originally. I don't think, because I remember before Christ, my kids used to watch it. I was like, what is this? Somebody had sent a picture of it to me, but it's actually the, 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 uh, the statue. Yeah. It's, and, it's, and it's on, so you need to be watching. Be careful. All right? Remember, there's no peace when you have sin. Night and day, you're, you're, you, you can't be bound. You, 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 you get to a point where you, you have nothing. It, it drives you, uh, you know, out of, out of your right mind when you allow sin to have control over you. Second, the, the herdsmen. The city began to beg Jesus to depart. Are you choosing to push the, the things of Christ away for the unclean? Are you choosing to push the, the things of Christ away for the unclean? The carnal things of the world. Trust me, that's what Satan wants you to do. Remember, sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. Okay? And last, third, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how He has had mercy on you. Are you doing that? Each of us have a testimony that have, that have given our lives to the Lord. Uh, what, what Jesus did and, and how He saved us. And we need to be a witness. And that's something I'm praying that we will become um, more and more. So, you know, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a tough Scripture because at the end of the day, the guy allowed his sin to have complete control over him to the point of demonic possession. He became homeless. He had nothing. And I've, we've all known people in our lives either through high school or maybe somebody we knew at one point that was attending one of our church or something and they just chose to go a different route. And you see, unfortunately, what sin does when you allow that to happen. And, and so, you know, for us, we need to remember that we belong to Jesus Christ and we need to be guided by the Word of God. Okay? Guided by the Holy Spirit. So let's go ahead and close out in prayer. Uh, Father God, we thank you so much for today. We do pray and we ask, Lord, I pray for each person's home, Lord. Uh, I, I, I just ask, Lord, that, that as they walk in your doors uh, for your home, that it would be your home. Uh, that that you, would, um, you would be Lord of their homes. Be Lord of their marriages. Be Lord of their family. Uh, that we wouldn't allow these things of evil to be seen. Uh, that we wouldn't, uh, we would stay away from uh, the stuff that's online. Um, there's just so much evil that's out there, Lord, that it's, it's, it's so apparent today. And so I pray, I, I pray that uh, right now, as, as we were talking, there are actually demonic uh, Satan churches in the state of Texas, we pray, Lord, that each one of them need to come and know Jesus Christ. Each person that's there needs to come and know Jesus Christ. We have people that, uh, that, that are homeless in San Antonio that need to know Jesus Christ, uh, that, that have allowed meth or allowed some other addiction or something that's gone on in their life that has 
has made them out of their right mind at times. And we just pray, Lord, that they would come to know Christ. I pray, Lord, and, and as we, we think about even California and, and just in Los Angeles alone, there's so much that needs to be done there, and it seems so hopeless at times when you look at it. Uh, we pray, Lord, uh, just for a mighty movement of you uh, by your hand, Lord, that you would go in and, and just begin to, to, to see a revival, to see people just be saved and come to know Christ, and those testimonies that would come out of there would be just awesome. Uh, we pray for this city. We pray for the night of worship. I pray for Marcus and their family, and uh, just thank you for them allowing us to be in this building. Um, we pray for their business, and, and we also pray, Lord, for this church. We thank you so much for the opportunity to be here, and we just uh, are blessed, so blessed, to come and be able to worship you today. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless. We would love to invite you to come out and join us for our free prayer and worship night on Sunday, September 12th at 6 p.m. at the VFW parking lot located at 211 West College Avenue in Divine, Texas. Performing that night will be Darren Miller, Jarrell, the Rise Worship Band, the Grace Worship Band, and a special message from Pastor Wade Collier all the way from Houston, Texas. In the book of Nehemiah, chapter 9, verse 5, it says, Stand up and bless the Lord your God from everlasting to everlasting. Blessed be your glorious name, which is exalted above all blessings and praise. Come join us as we stand up and worship the Lord and lift up the city of Divine, Medina County, and the state of Texas. We hope to see you there. To get more information on this event, you can go to calvarydivine.org. calvarydivine.org.